Hello and welcome to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I am your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, where I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Hello and happy Wellness Wednesday. Welcome back. So today is a solo episode, just me, no guests. I've got some other guests that I've got lined up that will be coming on the podcast, but today is just me solo. But I'm going to be talking about a really interesting topic today that I know a lot of people struggle with. And before I get into that, I just want to say a little note on today's show sponsor, which is Beauty Counter. I've been using their products for probably just over two years now, and I def I love it. I love the feeling that it feels luxurious and it feels like a really high end type product, but I know that it's safe and not loaded with chemicals and things like that, which you guys know are really important to find products that are safe, but also still perform well. And this month you can get 10% off with code clean beauty 10 at checkout. When you go to uh, www.beautycounter.com slash Haley Shoff, you can use code clean beauty 10 for a discount at checkout. And one of the things that I've been loving is in, from, in one of their holiday sets, they have the counter time serum, which is the tetrapeptide serum, and they have a roller with it, which is a titanium roller. And I've been doing jade rolling for a long time just to, just to like help with product penetration. It really, I feel almost helps. Like if I have a breakout or something, it helps move the fluid and lymph out because you always start towards the middle of your face and you work out. So I've been loving that little package because I'll use the serum or I'll use the vitamin C serum or the overnight peel or whatever my treat step is that night. And then I'll do the little roller over it and it feels amazing. It's nice and cool. So it's really nice to do around your eyes for puffiness. I love it. It's it's super luxurious. And that's been one of my favorite things lately. So to shop, you guys can just head to www.beautycounter.com slash Haley and apply code clean for all 10 at checkout. If you have purchased before, just use a different email and then you can still get the 10% discount. So, um, Last week on Instagram, I saw that a fitness influencer, she probably had about 200,000 followers, give or take, and she was posting about bloating and it was a before and after, like before she ate normal looking and then after she ate, for lack of better words, kind of like six months pregnant, like huge blow. I don't know if she was being dramatic with her blow or what, but she was posting to say, hey, you guys, I'm just here letting you know that bloating is totally normal and I am also here to tell you that that is not accurate. So I'm going to be going into bloating all in this episode today. And if you hear some chomping in the background, it is Tala because of course, when I break out the microphone and I'm here recording, she goes and gets her bone. So if you hear that in the background, that's what that is. But um, I want to really touch on on her post and why it made me so angry because her post was saying, you know, eat whatever you want. And it, like getting bloated after every meal is totally normal. And the comments, I mean, there were hundreds of thousands of comments being like, Oh my gosh, thank God. I thought there was something wrong. I get bloated after every meal and it makes me feel horrible, but this makes me feel better. And I'm not to make, I don't want to make anyone be a hypochondriac and think that, Oh my God, if you have bloating, you have something horribly wrong with you. But, but bloating is one of those symptoms that it's, it's a symptom because it's your body trying to tell you something, something's not right. You should not feel bloated. 
you you should not. Bloating is essentially gas and inflammation built up in the GI system. So any gas is not normal, like not. Um, it's and and inflammation is not normal either. So I think to just kind of I don't know why I, this seems to be like the popular thing. I and then I hashtagged bloating and there were tons of before and afters of totally normal, ate something totally not normal. And again, I don't want people to just be super think that something is totally wrong, but, but, but there is something off. And with the gut being so important, bloating is, is is a huge symptom that something in the gut is not working optimally. And you should be able to eat something and not feel six months pregnant or not feel incredibly gassy or something. It's just showing you that your digestive system is just not working as optimally as possible. And there's quite a few root cause reasons. So I have these kind of listed out here and I kind of want to go through them because some of the even root cause issues have additional things. So stick with me here. I'm going to try to go slow and concise so that we can kind of understand and you can troubleshoot for yourself. So I'm going to just preface this by saying, obviously, if I go out and have something I'm really not supposed to have, or I, it's something I don't, don't typically have, I might get a little bloated because it might throw off one of these root cause things, but you know, a healthy day-to-day lifestyle, I should not be feeling bloated after I eat meals. I really shouldn't look any different. So, um, I I would just want to say that like this weekend, my dad made some homemade bread and like he grinds the wheat and everything himself is from scratch. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to totally make me blow up. It actually didn't, um, surprisingly, which was really good because like your digestive system, your body should be robust and should be able to deal with things. But oftentimes I just find that it's lacking and that people need a little bit of extra support. So my goal is to help you understand why this might actually be happening so that then we can go in and tackle why it's actually happening, fixing the root cause so that then you can just kind of get into like a maintenance mode. And then when you do have something, you know, like drinks or eating out or eating something you don't typically do, your body doesn't still freak out about it and then makes you kind of go back into this cycle. So healing is definitely a journey. It's a process and it looks different for everybody. But if you experience bloating, we all know that it's uncomfortable. It sucks. You constantly feel like you have to suck in or whatever, you know, you're holding in your farts because you don't want to embarrass your coworkers or your boyfriend or whoever, you know, none of that stuff is normal. And none of that stuff is things that you have to deal with on a regular basis at all. So why does bloating actually occur? One of the big reasons is low stomach acid. So stomach acid is going to be really our kind of first defense when it comes to our stomach. That's where if you eat something and you know, like a food pathogen, it's ultimately destroyed in the acid of your stomach because it's so highly acidic, but stomach acid is obviously responsible for breaking down a large portion of your food. But a lot of people have chronic low stomach acid and some reasons that you might have low stomach acid are B vitamin deficiency. So B12 is needed to create stomach acid. Um, B12 is an intrinsic factor for creating HCL, which is hydrochloric acid. If you're ever in a chemistry lab, that was, I remember using that in in chemistry and organic chem and all of those things. It's a really highly acidic acid and that's essentially what's in our stomach. And B12 is needed to, to create stomach acid. So a lot of people are deficient in B12, whether that's vegan diets or you're not, you're not absorbing the food and the meat that you're eating. Cause really the only major source of B12 is through animal products. So vegans definitely need to look for supplementation. And I think that that's kind of a whole separate conversation, but 
apart from that, even I see a lot of meat eaters and people who do eat high quality animal products not being able to absorb the food that they're eating, which then is a kind of another problem and another like layer of the onion, if you will, to kind of peel back and see, okay, why are you not absorbing that? But there are also many other things that deplete vitamins. So it's kind of like a circle. So um, B vitamin, B12 deficiency is a really huge one. Thyroid, hypothyroid, underactive thyroid, Hashimoto's, all of those things can um, can impact not only your B12 status, but also your stomach acid status. Because when your metabolism is not functioning as properly, it's every everything with hypothyroid or low thyroid or Hashimoto's is slowing down. It's hypo. It's it's low, slow. Everything is slowing down, and that includes digestion. So if you're not digesting your foods, it, it's kind of again this perpetual cycle of energy. So I do see you know subclinical thyroid affecting people's low stomach acid, which a lot of people in today's age does have low does have some form of like hypothyroid. I think the stat is one in three or one in four, I forget exactly what it is that necessarily like it's not working as properly. So there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, the fluoride in the water we drink, fluoride is a known suppressive of the thyroid. They've done that in multiple studies to show, to purposely suppress people's thyroid as you give them fluoride. Um, You know, endocrine disruptors on our personal care products is a huge one. Endocrine disruptors in our food, lack of nutrients and stuff. So selenium and all of those good like trace minerals are very good for the thyroid. Um, so being able to support your thyroid is really important. And I honestly feel like I, at this point, I see it so frequently in women that I, I work with or that go through my online course that I really should just do a whole podcast episode alone on thyroid because it's not just women, men experience it too. And, and with metabolism and metabolic health being so important, I know that thyroid is a huge thing that people, people go through. So I probably will do a full episode just only on thyroid, but just know that that is a huge root cause that low stomach acid can be off. Diet is a huge reason that low stomach acid can be off too, because if you're eating a diet that, you know, does not help your digestion, um, that is going to make you kind of burn and go through your stomach acid. So like raw food diets, because raw food, especially like raw vegetables are really, really hard to digest. So that just puts a further strain on the digestive system, especially if you've got all these underlying things going on, um, processed foods, obviously packaged foods, things that aren't we obviously want to eat foods in their most natural form. So then people are like, Oh, I'm eating vegetables and I'm, I'm, I'm eating all these raw foods and that's good. And that, that is better than packaged and processed foods, but I definitely suggest cooking foods. That's so much better in terms of digestion. Um, you do lose some of the acids or the, sorry, the digestive enzymes when you cook the food, but it's much better for your digestive system. We have to think of our digestive system as a fire and cold foods put out the fire, but warming foods, you know, like soups and broths and cooked foods help to keep the fire going. So teas and, you know, drinking ice water might not necessarily be the best thing. So diet plays a really big role when you're looking at how is that impacting your digestion, obviously sticking to foods that are going to fuel your body and fuel your digestion, like warming foods, foods that are in their most natural state, staying away from processed foods, staying away from sugars, refined industrial seed oils, like vegetable oils, um, like apart from the, like the cold water, the cold water, a lot of people love to drink ice cold water, but that is not good for your digestion. Um, apart from that, also drinking a lot of water with your meal is also going to dilute your stomach acid. So 
that's also a good note is, you know, I, I definitely want people to stay hydrated, but I also understand that, or I want you to understand that drinking a ton of water with your meal is not super good. So when you go out to eat, you know, a lot of people drink tons and tons and tons of water with their meal, but that's just further diluting your stomach acid. So I try to stay away from drinking. Like I'll have a small little cup with my meal if I just kind of like need to wash things down. But I try not to drink a lot of water before or after my meal for a, probably a good at least 30 minutes before and then a good hour to hour and a half after. But then when I do drink something, I'll drink something that's going to help the stomach acid. So whether it's water, lemon, a little apple cider vinegar, because that can be very good for stomach acid. Or um, I'll do a lot of bitter teas because those are also good for stomach acids so like dandelion, burdock, all those type of more like bitter herbs. Some more root causes for why you might have low stomach acid could be medication. So a lot of people I see are on chronic medication that is going to decrease your stomach acid. One of the most common would be like a proton pump inhibitor. So something that you would take for gastric reflux, which interestingly enough, acid acid reflux is actually more, more times than not caused by low stomach acid, not high stomach acid. So when you have acid reflux and you continue to make it even more diluted through these proton pump inhibitors and, you know, H blockers and all these acid reflux medications, we are continuing to further dilute stomach acid. So then when you further dilute stomach acid, you are further getting more nutrient deficient because you are not breaking down your food. And I see a lot of people on these medications for way longer than they should be. And so it's creating, it's a, again, a vicious cycle. So I've, with a lot of people who have experienced acid reflux, I've actually had them do more like food, more of like the things that I'm saying. And and they don't, with, with a better diet, with helping to actually stimulate and produce more stomach acid, they actually don't need the acid reflux medications because more times than not, I see that it's actually from low stomach acid, not too much stomach acid, like Western medicine would like us to believe. So medication is a huge reason that stomach acid might be low. So definitely if you're on a a medication, just, and and if it's not a proton pump inhibitor, just check and see, because it's, it's a big side effect from many medications. And then stress is also a huge thing. So when we're stressed, we're again, not thinking about digestion and stress is a huge thing that can dampen our stomach acid and reduce our stomach acid, which these kind of really all go together because B vitamins, thyroid diet, medication, stress, those all kind of are even correlated within themselves as many root causes for things for themselves. So that's a very interesting kind of like connection. And and that's hopefully one thing that you get from listening to my podcast is that everything is connected and most things do not function independently. They function together. Our body as a whole, our stomach does not just only work on the stomach and our gut does not just stay in our gut and our liver does not just focus on only our liver. Everything is connected and that is important. So Another possible why could just be lack of mindful eating. Most people are eating on their screens. They're eating in their car. They're they're eating while watching TV. They're eating and they're scrolling through Instagram or working on a, a work email or whatever. But when when we're not actually focused on eating, our body's not going to actually produce the acid that it needs to eat because our body doesn't think that we're eating. So really like sitting down and being mindful that you're eating and chewing your food and not hounding it down 
and being mindful, being present, being off your devices is a huge thing that you can do to just help activate some stomach acid. Um, so kind of off the low stomach acid part, I want to kind of get into more of like the GI issues that we can experience like gut dysbiosis and SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So we need a good bacteria in our gut, but when good bacteria get to where they shouldn't be, that can still create a problem, which that's kind of what small intestinal bacterial overgrowth is. It's an overgrowth of bacteria in the small intestine where it really shouldn't be. And that kind of creates a problem. It creates bloating after meals. Um, and a lot of people get stuff like this because of medications like birth control. I've seen that as a really common, common thing. And this does take kind of a while to work through, um, you know, chronic antibiotic use or use of things in your environment, you know, like these toxic chemical detergents and sprays and things that we're doing. Those are, those are actually affecting our own microbiome. And if we're killing all our good bacteria, it's leads to more bacteria, able like more of the bad bacteria are able to grow. Another thing is, um, glyphosate glyphosate, which is found in pretty much wheat products. It's pretty much sprayed on everything. It's sprayed on organic inorganic vegetables. It's sprayed on heavily on wheat and things like that. Glyphosate kind of sucks because it kills bacteria, but it does not kill your bad bacteria. So it kills all your good bacteria and allows your bad bacteria to thrive. So that all of those things kind of create this environment for dysbiosis and dysbiosis essentially just means like things are not in symbiosis or dysbiotic because things are off. Things are, things aren't in harmony within the gut. There's a, there's an imbalance or overgrowth of bad in terms of good. So that's what that means. And there's a lot of different ways to go about it, but it's really under important to understand why you have this and then be able to kind of dive a little further. And honestly, a lot of people do have some type of gut dysbiosis. A lot of people's guts are a little bit off because of diet or stress or lifestyle or, like products that they're constantly exposed to, whether whatever it's cleaning or personal care or, or whatever it may be, chronic medication use. I mean, there's so many different things and it does take a lot of time to kind of figure out. It does take time to one, figure out why and then figure out how to heal it because it might have been there for a long time. And if it's been there for a long time, it's going to take a little bit while of a while for it to kind of work out. Another reason that bloating can occur is food sensitivities. So food sensitivities are different than food allergies. Food allergies is something that you'd get tested for at, you know, they would, they kind of like prick your skin and they see if your skin is, if your body's making like that immediate allergic reaction or not. So sensitivity and allergy are different. Sensitivity is a little bit less extreme, but it's still impacting you. So if you have a food sensitivity to say, I don't know, let's use wheat or gluten. That's a common one. You, you don't necessarily break out in hives every time you eat wheat or gluten, but you might get a little bloated. And if you eat it every day, that's a little bit of gas and inflammation that you're experiencing your body to every single day. And a little bit of inflammation every single day, not very good, especially when this is, this will kind of build up and sometimes get worse over time. So with food sensitivities, I don't necessarily love a ton of food sensitivity tests. I think we can tell a lot about food sensitivities by just simply doing like a, a, a trial of an elimination type diet where, you know, you cut these main offenders out for a little bit. And then if you add it back in and you get kind of like 
a, a big reaction and or you like you really feel bloated or you feel totally different than what you did before you ate it, that's kind of a good indicator. And a lot of people are going to have more food sensitivities when you're in a healing phase, when maybe you're coming off of something like birth control, you're coming off of medication, you're dealing with a lot of stress in your life. There's not a lot of variation in your diet. Those are kind of a lot of root cause reasons why I see people have food sensitivity. Plus a lot of people don't eat high quality food that are that's found in nature where we're so processed food driven, whether it's packaged or something quick that we can take with us. So I really do think that kind of all of these little insults are contributing to a rise in food sensitivity. But interestingly, I think a sort the source also makes a big impact. For example, my mother-in-law for the longest time thought that she was allergic to eggs. And I told her, why don't you try getting like farm fresh, organic pasture raised eggs? And she did not experience the sensitivity that she had when she would get like Eglin's best or whatever it was. I'm not sure if I've told this story before. I feel like I've talked about it a lot because it's an interesting case where simply just switching to a better form of that food that was bothering you caused a difference. So like, for example, I will sometimes eat grains, you know, but I won't do like a whole wheat, non-organic bread. I'll do an Ezekiel sprouted grain bread. So it's not sprayed with glyphosate. And it's much more absorbable because it's in like that sprouted bioavailable form. So forms are important. Um, so how do you fix bloating? How do you not feel six months pregnant after you eat? Well, one, you have to kind of get down to the root causes that I was explaining in this podcast. You have to understand why this is actually happening. There's so many products out there that whether it's their probiotics or greens or digestive enzymes that are like cure your bloating. And that's really great. But if you think about it, that's really just a fancy bandaid or a natural bandaid for why it's happening. And I I want people to do things in a natural way. That's not going to cause harm. But if you're not understanding why it's actually happening, you're really not doing that much. You're just putting another bandaid on it. So really understand why it's actually happening. Um, and while you're figuring out why it's actually happening and really doing the work to actually fix it, (laughs) Like this is the best when people like are on social media talking about like this food that they're eating and then they take whatever their remedy is, but then they just continue to eat it. It's like that insult is happening every day and they're not actually fixing the fact that they don't even need that remedy in the first place. So it's, it's a frustrating from my perspective, but so do the work to figure out why the bloating is actually happening. And then you can have your, your natural and good remedies, healthy remedies there to kind of help you along the healing process, but don't just rely on them as a crutch, use them as a tool, but understand that you have to do the work to figure out why this is actually happening. Because ideally I would love for everybody to get to a place where they don't feel incredibly bloated and they have their gut in a good place where it's resilient, robust, and can handle things that if you do do things in moderation, you don't feel incredibly horrible. Um, because that's ideally a good goal is to be able to get to get to a place where you're really flexible in that aspect and where you feel good and can enjoy life and you've done the work to heal. So doing that, but including more things like that are going to help in warm digestion, like warming foods, chewing your foods, mindfully eating, not drinking too much water before or right after meals. If you are going to drink a little water, do a little bit of fresh lemon and a little bit of apple cider vinegar that can help to stimulate some digestive enzymes and Uh, a little bit of stomach acid. I sometimes will take digestive enzymes with meals. I don't do it with every meal. Sometimes I'll just do it if I know like I'm eating a lot because sometimes if I'm fasting longer, 
I really have to load up my meals. So if I'm doing that, I'm eating a lot. So I want to just really give my body a little bit of extra support. So sometimes I will add in some enzymes. I take a good quality probiotic. I'll usually take that at night. But a lot of the work that I've done is just eating eating seasonally, changing what I'm eating to help diversity, including lots of nutrient-rich foods, not cooking my foods in processed oils, limiting how much we eat out. That's really important. Maybe we'll eat out once every few weeks. Um, and I think that like cooking as much from home is, is important. We're going to places that aren't using oils if you are eating out frequently. So there's a lot of different things and there's a lot of kind of work to be done. But I think if you can kind of use some of these tips to, to start adding in, you can start making a difference. And if you have questions, let me know. I cover a lot of foods and why, again, like just kind of piggybacking off of this, like why bloating and stuff actually happens in my online hormone course. A lot of people have been really loving going through that and understanding a lot of why of what's going on with them. And that's like my whole reason for this podcast and, and all the things. So please share this if you found this helpful or you know that someone you know, could use this information because a lot of this stuff is really simple stuff that they can start doing to kind of figure out why this is actually happening. And then, you know, it's like the onion. You have to just continually peel back the layers, peel back the layers and eventually get to get to why and then fixing it. But I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. I definitely was really motivated to talk a lot about this after I saw that post yesterday, because although my voice is not 200,000 followers or whatever, her Instagram was, even if I can help one person understand that that person was not very right for saying that, then that's okay. (laughs) Because I want people to be more empowered and educated and not just be like, oh, okay, that's normal. That makes me feel better. Understanding why being empowered, being educated is, is my whole goal. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I will see you next week. Stay tuned for some really exciting guests that I'm going to have coming up. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. And let me know if there's a guest in particular that you guys would like to hear from. I'm all open to feedback and kind of bringing you guys information that you would like to hear. So just let me know, but I will see you guys next week. Hey. 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 Hey.